from Mamma Mia. Hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Have a chat with friends today and inevitably the conversation will eventually turn to the coronavirus. COVID-19 is continuing to spread globally. There are now confirmed cases in 60 countries around the world with more than 87,000 victims. The death toll is nearing 3,000. After you discuss the numbers, the fear and the preparation in case it starts to spread here, the conversation will then turn to questions. Questions like, will I have to cancel my overseas holiday? Will it stop the Olympics from happening? And what has all this got to do with the economy tanking? Today, we speak to Keith Souter from the Australia Institute to find out just how much coronavirus COVID-19 will be cancelling in 2020. When Chinese authorities alerted the World Health Organization back on December 31 last year about several cases of an unusual pneumonia that had been detected in Wuhan, we had no idea that three months later, the virus will have spread to 60 countries, infected more than 86,000 people and taken the lives of over 3,000. We didn't realise it would lead to a global health emergency being declared, or that we would need to prepare for it to be officially declared a pandemic. We'd seen other flus do the rounds in our lifetime. Swine and bird flu didn't seem anywhere near as threatening as COVID-19. And instead of showing signs of levelling out and slowing down, in some parts of the world, it's only just starting to pick up speed. And now it seems COVID-19 could be damaging things beyond our health. We're seeing stories about the virus affecting our economy, our ability to travel, and even word that it could not just postpone the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, but cancel them altogether. Keith Souter is a consultant on strategic planning and futurist at the Australia Institute. Keith, first question, should we be cancelling our overseas holidays right now? Not at the moment. You need to be guided by what's on the government website, www.smarttraveller.gov.au. That gives you up-to-date information. But at the moment, there are certain countries that it's going to be difficult to enter or risky to enter. China, Iran would be particular examples. But many other countries are still safe to visit. So uh, don't start cancelling yet. And you might run into insurance problems if you do start cancelling because it may be that your travel insurance won't cover the cost of your losing the airline ticket. So hold off for the moment. Now, Chinese authorities were last month telling us that this whole virus issue would be over by April. That's looking increasingly unlikely. When do you think it might be safe to make travel plans to China again? Is that in the foreseeable future? At the moment, no. The government is quite clear on this, that it is still a risky place to go to, even though a lot of the disease has been confined to one province within China. The government is obviously a bit wary about people going to China at the moment. So if you have plans to visit China, providing you haven't already paid for your airline ticket, I think you should just simply hold off for a while and just see how things go. To maybe invest in a mask now before it's too late? Now, look, be very wary about these masks. There are so many rorts going on. I've heard about one medical centre that received its masks free from the Australian government and now selling each mask for $4 each. So it's a, an incredible amount of profit they're making from the sale of the masks. And there is considerable doubt as to just how effective most of these masks are. And the fact is you've got to keep changing them, which a lot of people will buy a mask and think they can wear it indefinitely. But in fact, in a hospital setting, you are changing the masks continuously. So be very wary about buying the masks and adding to the overall sense of fear. Remember, we've got two issues here. One is the actual threat of the illness itself, 
which is not particularly great. You know, more people are going to die this year because of flu so far than because of this coronavirus. So first of all, you've got the absolute numbers of deaths. Secondly, you've got the impact of fear, adding to people's anxieties. People are already very anxious about a variety of other things, climate change, employment, perhaps their personal relationships, etc. And then on top of that, we put fear about coronavirus. So please don't add to the amount of anxiety that you have in your life. If you have booked an overseas trip and have some concerns about it, here's some things you should know. The Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade has issued travel warnings for several countries that are experiencing the viral outbreak, including Italy and Japan. But only China and parts of South Korea have a do not travel warning in place. You will need to keep in contact with your travel providers in case there are changes to flights or tour dates. At this stage, both Virgin and Tiger Air have stopped flights to Hong Kong. Jetstar and Qantas have cut back on flights to countries including China, Hong Kong and Singapore. The Sydney to Shanghai and Sydney to Beijing routes suspended until the end of March. If you have a medical condition, are pregnant or have a small baby, consult with your doctor before heading overseas. Check with your travel insurance company to see if you're covered if things should change. But bear in mind, they won't cover you if you just change your mind out of fear of catching the virus. They also may not have an option to cover for a disease outbreak, but could cover you if our government changes the travel alert to your destination to a level four, like it currently is for China. Also, prepare to be scanned, checked and scanned again at airports. And if you do show signs of fever, to be immediately taken to a medical facility. And if someone you sat next to on a plane comes down with it, you can expect a knock on your door, even if you get back to Australia coronavirus-free. Keith, the other thing we're hearing a lot about right now is that the virus may see the cancellation of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Now, this is years of planning and billions of dollars already spent. What's the likelihood this will actually happen? Again, we simply do not know. It's interesting that Japan has taken steps to reduce the number of participants in a major run that took place over the weekend. So the Chinese are very anxious that the Olympics go ahead and in the lead up to the Olympics, they do as much as they can to restrain the spread of the virus. But at the moment, we simply don't know whether that will go ahead. And don't forget, if Japan cancels those Olympics, that will have implications here in Australia because people will be asking the questions, should we be going to big sporting events here in Australia? You know, we've got the big football season getting underway. Should people go? Should they just stay at home and watch it all on television? So there's more than just the Olympics here. It's mass gatherings of people generally. And that would include in the United States, because we've got the election season underway, the whole question of large political rallies for the various candidates. Do you want to risk going to those types of rallies? These are the bigger issues. And a lot will depend upon how the virus goes in the next few weeks and few months. Will it just burn itself out or will it become a new super infection and sweep around the world? What kind of cost are we talking if they do go ahead and cancel those games? Oh, it's inconceivable because the Japanese have done so much. You know, the Japanese are supposed to be unveiling a flying car at the Olympics. That's one of the things I've heard. So you've had a lot of people putting in a lot of preparation, not only our own sporting personalities, but all the lead up to it. The Olympics are now such a major event every four years that every government invests a huge amount in it, not only in the country which will host it, but even in the lead up to it. So to cancel it would be an absolute disaster. Under normal rules, if the current uh, city uh, cannot host an event, then it goes back to the previous city 
which is London. And there's some doubt as to whether or not London would want to take that on again. So it may be that we just miss the Olympics entirely if things continue to get really bad. While no Olympics have ever been cancelled due to a public health risk, they have been threatened by them. Just a few years back in Rio, there were fears over the mosquito-spread Zika virus. The Games went ahead as planned with no issues. To postpone them would also be near impossible, with the Games coinciding with other competitions and seasons and taking into account how much it would cost the host country to shift the dates, postponing isn't an option. If you have booked to head to Tokyo in July as of right now, there isn't an advice from DFAT advising against all travel to Japan, so your insurer probably won't cover you if you cancel. Finally, Keith, the virus seems to be affecting economies around the world right now. We're seeing daily reports of stock market nose dives and supply chains being interrupted. How's a public health issue also an issue for global economies? Yes, yeah, so you've got a number of different issues here. One is, as you say, the whole question of supply chains. So people who use Apple equipment, for example, the actual label says it's designed in the US and manufactured in China, but it's actually assembled in China from components that are made in Thailand, South Korea, Taiwan. The Chinese put it all together and then sell it into the United States or Australia. But what we've now got is a global supply chain. In other words, that in the old days, countries would make much more of their own produce within their own country. Now, we think it's economically more sensible to have the labor done in low-cost countries like those of Asia and eventually Africa. So the theory is that you outsource, you get stuff assembled overseas. A tragedy like this disrupts that supply chain. In the case of China, for example, where they've just been going through their New Year celebrations, they operate on a different calendar from us, the factories were closed down during the New Year celebrations, and the Chinese government said, please don't come back to work. So the Chinese have closed down a lot of their own factories because they're obviously a major place where people would congregate. Secondly, you've got the disruptions for people being worried about flying from one country to another. So you've got an impact on airlines and tourism. In our case, also in Australia, we rely a lot on students coming to study in Australia. The export of education, in other words, educating overseas students when they come to Australia, that is now Australia's third largest export industry after coal and iron. So we're going to get huge disruptions to the educational area because students are not going to be allowed into um, study at Australian universities. So that'll be an impact as well. So this is something which will have a long-term economic disruption. Just how big, we simply don't know. Will it, for example, trigger a recession in the United States? The reason that President Trump is forever talking up the American economy and talking down the threat of the coronavirus is that no American president has ever been re-elected in an economic recession. This goes back all the way for 90 years. So as you can see, even though we're just talking about a medical issue, the coronavirus, it has implications right the way across the board. For most people who contract COVID-19, it will be nothing more than like having a bad cold. For the elderly and those with underlying medical conditions, it is more serious. But for some, it could also mean the end of a four-year Olympic dream, the end of a much-anticipated overseas trip, or the end of economic prosperity. All we can do now is wait to see how long it takes for this epidemic to burn itself out. That's all for The Quickie today. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie. 
Melanie Tate is our executive producer, audio production by Ian Camilleri. And if you want to send us some feedback on this show or have ideas for any new topics you want to hear about, send us an email, thequickie at mamamia.com.au.